Well, starting a new series today, and tried to talk God out of it because I really wanted to do the other series. No. All, all, you got, all, all that's worth saying is what he once said, so it really doesn't matter. But as I've prepared for this, I've prepared for this for a while, but as I've prepared for this, um, I'm absolutely convinced that what you're going to receive in this series is, is without a doubt the most important series that there is and the impo- most important message that you'll ever hear, ever, ever. So, so if you ever hear me say, this is the most important message, you can raise your hand and say, no, Pastor, you said that this one was, right? No. But this is absolutely the most important message. And the title of this series, go ahead and put the title up, if you would, on the board. So the title of my message for the next few weeks is, not the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the help. Holy Spirit, the help. And uh, there is not a more important message today in your life than to be informed of the person of the Holy Spirit and to raise your awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, that sounds good, but the truth is, here, 2013, April the, what's today, 29th, 28th? Today, in the church world, we have a lot of different information about who and what the Holy Spirit actually is. You know, is the Holy Spirit kind of like the unknown zone on the sci-fi network, you know? Does the Holy Spirit just do weird things that you just never know you know, where it's going to come from, where it's going to come out of, you know. Who and what is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit look like? And, um, and how do we engage the Holy Spirit is what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. I tell you, you need to be here. And definitely need to listen to these messages over and over again. Because they're so vitally important. How do we engage? How do we involve the Holy Spirit in our lives? How, you, you say, well, well, Pastor, you know, I mean, I, I'm, the Bible says I'm born of the Spirit, right? So what does that mean? What does it mean to you? How is it affecting you today? How is your life being changed and transformed as a result of the fact that the Holy Spirit's inside of you? We need our awareness raised, and we need to be made aware of the fact that the Holy Spirit 
is here, he's alive, he's well, and he's here to do in our lives. I want to read a, a verse in Galatians 5 that will come to this. I'm not going to talk about this today, but I just want to read this verse. <clears throat> Galatians 5, uh, well, verse 16 and 17. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, <clears throat> What's been popular in the past, I don't, I don't necessarily know that it is today, at least not in my world, but what was popular in the past and years back is to focus on the lust of the flesh. But we know what the lust of the flesh is when you read the scriptures on down, lust of the flesh is this and this and this and this, and focus on the lust of the flesh. So as we go down and we look at the lust of the flesh, then what's going to happen is you may be sitting here for the first time or you may be here just for a short period of time and all of a sudden we mention something that really pushes a button in you and so you start thinking, well, because we're hammering on the lust of the flesh, you're thinking, well, this may not be the place for me because, you know, man, that thing's working in me. Well, good news is today we're not going to talk about those things. That's a later message. <laughs> and I mean, it's real in the things that are in our life. But notice he says here, and I want you, to, want you to remember this as you leave today. If you'll walk in the Spirit, you won't do those things. Enough said. We can go home now. Deal is, you can't walk with somebody that you're not aware of. Years ago... Years ago, I read a book called The Fourth Dimension by Dr. Paul Youngi Cho. He pastors, even to this day, pastors the largest church in the world. I think over a million members in his church in Seoul, Korea. And there were several things in the book that really jumped out at me, but one of them was this. In his church, when, he would, when you would come in, on the platform was a chair, and the chair was empty, and this empty chair, nobody sat in, and I'm, I, this is just what he said in his book, and I guess it's been that way ever since, and it's still that way today. I've never been to that church, so I don't know for absolute sure. But what he said was, he put that chair up there, and when people would ask, whose chair is that? He said, it's the Holy Spirit's chair. That's where he sits. Well, you and I know that the Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily sit in chairs. The Holy Spirit's in us, right? And we know that. But he said what it did is it made people aware of his presence, made people aware that he's here. So what he did is he invited the Holy Spirit to sit in everything that he did. And it really impacted my life, and, and through the years, I've started all of my days. I got some ringing. Can you deal with that, please? Bugging me, maybe not you, but me. Um, what it's done is it's, it, it made me to start my day 
every day with inviting the Holy Spirit to be a part of what I'm going to do. And what I'm telling you today is that you and I need to raise our awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence in our everyday life. Every day I start my day out, and just I'm just going to say just this very small portion, but I say this every day. I start my day out with this. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. The Holy Spirit is bigger than any problem or obstacle or challenge. Holy Spirit has equipped me and given me the answers for every situation that I step into. I say that every day, and other things, but I say that every day. The Holy Spirit is bigger than any problem or obstacle or challenge. How many know there's problems, obstacles, and challenges every single day of your life? But the Holy Spirit is bigger. So what I do every day by what I say is I invite Him to be a part of what I'm doing. Because, listen to me, the Holy Spirit was created to help you. He was put on this planet to help you. Holy Spirit, the help. We're going to talk about that for the weeks to come. And I'm telling you, it's the most important message that you have ever heard. I'm not talking about that my message. I'm talking about a message that raises the awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit in your life is the greatest message that you can ever hear because it will affect in a positive way everything that you will ever do. Amen? So, we're here in the weeks to come, in these portions of time that we have, to raise our awareness of the Holy Spirit and how to walk in the Spirit so that we don't fulfill all the other crud. Amen? So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump around in a, in a few passages of Scripture over the next 30 minutes that we finish this message. So just follow with me, okay? And, and, and it would benefit you to write, now, I don't have a lot of Scripture, but just it would benefit you to write them down and you go look at them yourself. But John 16, 7, uh, John, yeah, John 16 and 7 says, Jesus is telling his disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. You know, it's funny, as I was looking through Scripture, looking through every translation I could find to come up with a different word than helper. You know, the, the Holy Spirit is defined as comforter. He's defined as, as, your, as, as your intercessor, as your standby, as your uh, uh, just a bunch of different, about seven or eight words that every Bible dictionary and every, every Bible translation has in identifying the Holy Spirit. And I tried to come up with a, with a kind of a more, I don't know, relative word or catchy word or whatever, but there's just no greater word than helper. Because you're going to leave here today seeing the Holy Spirit in a totally different way based on two or three things that I say because of what God gave me about this. 
But I'm telling you today, He is your help. He is. But think about this verse. He said, it's more advantageous for me to leave than to be here so that the Holy Spirit can come. Think about that. If it's more advantageous for the Holy Spirit to be there than for Jesus to be there, this is a big deal. (laughs) This is something we need to open our ears up. We need to understand who He is. We need to understand this and be aware of this because this is a big deal. He's saying, it's better for you that I'm not here so He can be here. Because the way Father set this up, we can't both be here at the same time, but yet actually we are here at the same time because Father and Son and Holy Spirit are one. They're the same, but yet they have different operations and administrations in the earth, in the planet, in the universe, in the heavens, in everything. They operate differently. But the Holy Spirit... Jesus said, needs to be here to help you. And so, if Jesus tells us that we need help, what does that mean? We need help. In other words, words, you can't do it on your own. And that's hard for Texans. Hmm? That's hard for Texans. You know? Yeah, we do it the hard way. We pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and we, do, we get it all and we can do it the hard way here. Texas. <laughs> get her done, baby. We're going to get her done. And that's all good. But what about the right way? Hmm? What about his way? Now, think about a couple things as we go through this. <clears throat> Holy Spirit is a gift, okay, number one, and He's always with us. So, as I said a moment ago, we're going to work on and really become more and more aware of how to engage Him, to allow Him in, to make room for Him. We're going to learn to give Him priority and to be made aware of Him all of the time no matter what we're doing or what situation that we're faced with. Now, in Luke chapter 4, and I want to spend just a little time on this right here, Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. So, we've invited the Holy Spirit to be here. Amen? And He's here, but He's, he's in you. He's with you. Understand, Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily sit in chairs. This is, a, this is a visual for you to be aware of. And there's things that you need to do in your own home, in your car, in your business to make yourself aware of His presence with you at every moment of every day. He, he will never leave you nor forsake you. But listen to me. Listen to me. He will not force His way into your life. He will only do in your life what you allow Him to do. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, in Luke, what did I tell you? Four. Luke 4 and 18. And this is Jesus. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know, Jesus, 
Jesus always went to church. You want to be like Jesus, you got to show up at church. Amen? He always went to church. He went to the synagogue. It says here he went to the synagogue as was his custom. And it was handed to him the, prophet of Isaiah, the, the, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He closed the book and all those around him had their eyes fixed on him and couldn't figure it out because what does this mean? Well, I'm going to tell you today, when the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He's anointed you, He's put something on you to make change. Jesus, Jesus didn't get something on Him to just be the same. Something got on Him so that He could make great change in life. You know, when the Spirit of the Lord came on Mary, and the angel of the Lord told her what was going to happen to her, what did Mary say? How can this be? How can this be that I'm going to do this and this is going to happen to me and I'm going to be impregnated and I've never been with a man and how, how, how is all this kind of stuff going to happen? And the angel of the Lord said to her, the Spirit of the Lord. So, when you and I say, how is this situation going to change? How am I going to get out of debt? How is my marriage going to change? How am, what's going to happen with my kids? What, what about this and what about that? What about this situation? What about my job? What about my future? What about, what, what about life in general? What about these things? And the answer to it is the Spirit of the Lord. The anointing that is represented here, we talked a lot about the anointing, but when you study the anointing, the anointing is about something being put on you that produces results. The anointing is results being produced as a result of the presence and the direction of the Holy Spirit, because what are we talking about? The Holy Spirit is a help. He's your helper. He's here to help you accomplish these things. See, see, what happens with us, with humanity is, we get in a tough situation because of things that we've done. We get in a tough, let's say, financial situation because of wrong spending or, you know, wrong attitude and just wrong thinking about finances. And then what we want is we want God to fix it. But it didn't say he was the fixer. He's the helper. See, he's not the enabler. See, because see, if, he'll, if he fix your situation and nothing changes in you, then all he's going to do is enable you to get right back in the same situation. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit that is connected with the Father and connected with Jesus is not the enabler. He's the help. So, I don't care what situation that you're facing today. As you begin every day of your life to raise the awareness of the Holy Spirit, 
Raise the awareness of His presence in your life every minute of every day. You know what will happen? He will help you to get out of and get through and get to the next place and get to a new place and a new surrounding and, and be delivered and set free of certain things that are pulling you down and holding you down. I can't tell you how much you and I need help. And it doesn't matter how smart you think you are. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished, how many degrees you have on the wall. I'm telling you, you need His help. He was sent here to be that help. Amen? So, and, and, and this, this is another thought that I wrote down. And, and you've heard me say this a lot, okay? And if you don't understand what I'm about to say, it's all right. Just, just let it kind of roll around, let it stew for a little while, let it, you know, kind of let it simmer and cook for a little while till you get this. But when, when, when most people, and I'll just say, I'll just talk about the people in the church. Most people in the world of the church when things aren't right, they want to, a lot of times, kind of blame God or put the responsibility on God. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just, just trusting God. I'm just this, you know, God's in charge. God's in charge. But, but let's, let's if, if you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this. God is not in charge. All of the starving children that you hear that die every day, right now for the next 15 minutes, if, if I have this stat right, 25,000 children will die from starvation in a 15-minute period. Does that sound too high? That's what I think I read. We were part of the end it movement at Shriner College not too long ago, and they, they, what was made aware at the end it movement was there's 27 million young girls and ladies and guys or whoever, people, 27 million that are involved in sex trafficking. Now, my daddy is not approving that. See, if God would have been in charge the last 33 years of my marriage, my wife wouldn't have had to deal with the guy here. See, because I'd, I'd have been perfect. You know, why, why does your husband or your wife act the way that they act? Because God's in charge? No. No. Why is there sex trafficking in the world? Because men want it. No, no. Men want it, and they'll pay for it. Don't tell me God's in charge. 
Uh-uh. The Bible clearly reveals that He gave authority in the earth to us. The problem is, He's the helper, and we don't listen to Him. Because see, what the helper does, when you put out effort to understand God, then the helper helps you understand what, you, what it is that you need to understand. See, you, you're not going to be involved in sex trafficking and be involved in, in weird, crazy stuff in the earth. You won't be involved in that when you're listening to the helper every day. Because when he talks to you, he ain't going to tell you to do something like that. We can talk all around that stuff all day long, but I'm telling you today that God is in charge of your life only if you allow Him. He will not bust His way in and make you stop doing the silly things that you and I as humanity do. But I tell you what, when you listen to Him and you apply what He tells you to do, man, you look smart. You don't even have to have a degree. And He'll make you look so intelligent and smart. It's, it's staggering. I know. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Look at John 3. We probably won't get much past this today. John 3. Listen, and you can take this for what it's worth, and it's, listen, I went to school, I went to college, I think I'm an educated kind of guy. I'm not against education at all. But we don't have, we don't have much information that Jesus was educated in a way that we think of education the way that the Apostle Paul was educated. Apostle Paul was in, had every higher degree that there is to have. Jesus was educated by the Father. He spent all of his time in the synagogues learning and growing in information about who God was. Okay? Listen. Schools are great. All that. But what they won't teach you what most colleges will not teach you is how to hear the voice of the Spirit. Okay? So, we need information. We need to be educated people. We need those things. But that can't be first and foremost above the time that we spend to understand how to walk with the Spirit and hear the voice of the Spirit because of what it produces and what it will produce in you and me and, and, and in our lives. So, Here's Jesus with one of the most educated people of the day. John chapter 3 and verse 3. Uh, well, just start with verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, educated man, okay, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, water being the water of the womb, first time, birth, first birth. Unless one is born of the water, he can't be born a second time because he's not been born yet. And you can't be born again if you hadn't been born one time. I learned that at college. Amen? (laughs) So he says... Only born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He can't understand the kingdom. Watch. He can't advance the kingdom if he hasn't been born again. Now, I'm just saying this, okay, because it's, it's, it's kind of stupid what I'm fixing to say, but people say this, and I've heard people with my own ears make this comment. Well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in born again. I'm a Christian, and I don't believe in born again. Okay. You see the problem? See, up here is trying to figure out God, and so I'm a, quote, Christian. Christian means Christ-like, but I don't believe in being born again in Christ. So it's it's what happens when a natural mind tries to figure out something spiritual and it doesn't work. Now watch. Watch what he says. Jesus answered more assuredly, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. But notice he said, do not marvel that I say to you that you must be born again. Don't be shocked over the fact that I'm telling you that you must be born again. Now here's here's the thing, and I want to drive this point home today, okay? Many people, through the years, I've I've pastored for 24 years now, Becky and I have, and, and, and I've come in contact with lots and lots of people through the years, and many people think, you know, many people will say things like, well, you know, I'm that way because I was born that way. And usually, you know, usually that's brought up when something ain't right. Now, how many in here ever had some things that weren't good? Okay, put your hand. <clears throat> okay. I was 18 years old when I got, right before, two months before my 18th birthday, when I got born again. And I got genuinely born again. But I had never been in church a day in my life, and so I brought all this stuff with me when I got born again. And so, as I was walking on my journey, you know, there was some bitterness, there was some hatred inside there, there was some unforgiveness, there was some perversion, there was some stuff all down inside of me, okay? Well, when I got born again, the Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, everything is brand new. 
but not up here. This is being renewed on a day-to-day basis. You know, people say, well, you know, I'm just a chip off the old block. My dad was that way. I'm that way. (laughs) That's why I do what I do, and I'm just a jerk because my dad was. (laughs) And people say that, okay? And you know what I say? You're right. But I was born again. And when I was born again, I wasn't born again with all that junk. Now, my heavenly parent that I'm connected to, all that he says is so, and all that he's done, and all that he's accomplished for me, now that's my lineage. So now I'm a chip off the old block of my heavenly daddy. Hmm? And when he says... When he says, fear has no dominion over me, then fear has no dominion over me. See, when someone comes along and they say, well, you know, Pastor, uh, God wrecked my car because I was just got too attached to it. See, the problem is I, I go here and I try to find where God wrecked people's stuff. Yeah, but pastor, you know, you can make a God out of it. Walk in the Spirit, and your car won't be your God. And you can have a nice car. Did you hear what I said? See, because your car won't be your God, because God will be your God, because you're walking in the Spirit, and the Helper's helping you, and He's saying, you know, okay, uh, you, you don't need to go into... $90,000 worth of debt to own that car right now. Just, just chill, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll find a good car and drive it for a while and save you some money and get in that position. And when it's time to have that car, then, you know, that's what the Holy Ghost will show you, see. And, and, and a lot of times, see, we, we, we are, we're identified with how we look and what we wear and what we drive and the house we live in and all those kind of things. So it gets us moving way ahead of God and so he just sitting in the chair. And he's just waiting for you to come to a place where you're going to come. And, you know, it may take you a little bit. And you may have to walk up some stairs and move a little bit. And, you know, but over time, you find yourself to where, you know what? He'll scoot over and he'll let you sit with him. Oh. He lets you sit with him. Man, then you become one. And See, because the scripture we're going to read, and probably not going to get time to read it, so you have to come back next week so I can read it to you. <laughs> but he said that if I will let him in, that we'll be one. Now, when I got born again, I became one spiritually, but mentally and physically and my actions and everything else... Do, do my actions, are my actions one with him so that my wife doesn't wish she was married to somebody else? See, because God's not going to change anybody that won't let him change it. Right? But you don't have to change on your own because he's the help. 
And he's sent here, been sent here to help us. Man, I don't have to do anything by myself. And no matter how bad you feel about yourself today, no matter how bad you feel about yourself today, he will help you get free of that. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to do that. Now, I'm going to end, I'm going to leave there, and I want you to look at John 14. And I'll end with this. I've got about four minutes. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to read this, and then we'll talk about it next week. Um, well, look at verse 15, John 14, 15. We're going to start at the beginning of this chapter next week, but I'm just going to leave you with this. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Wow. And this is who he is. The Spirit of truth, whom the world, the world meaning the world's way of thinking, cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. And will be in you. Watch verse 18. And I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Now. What you think of as an orphan. And I'm going to end with this thought. What you think of as an orphan in the natural. It's it's one thing. But actually. All of us have an orphan's heart in one way or another. And, and I'm going to leave you this, and, and you need to come back next week because we're going to get into this because this is how we get help. You get help when you realize, when you realize that's not you. Because, because this is what an orphan's heart, an orphan's heart does. An orphan's heart has lost its parents, okay? An orphan's heart has no identity, not confident in who they are. There's this not wanted feeling. There's no vision with an orphan's heart. Um, And then what happens is, this is what happens with an orphan's heart, is I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me. I'm going to leave you before you can leave me. Always got to be something fresh and new that I'm going to come out of because I've got to constantly remind myself I'm not that loser. But when I hurt you before you can hurt me, all it's doing is just reaffirming on the inside that I'm that loser. And I'm telling you today, God didn't make one of those. Not one. He didn't make one person like that. And what the helper will do is he will relieve from you this victim mentality to where you can have vision 
and insight and understanding and know who you are and know where you're going and realize <laughs> that your daddy loved you so much, so much, that he had a plan for you before you were even thought about. <laughs> Stick that in the devil's face. Amen? It don't matter how much it seems like nothing has worked. God had a plan for you, and all you need is some help. And when you get the help you need, and he's the helper, and you can understand him, and he's there for you always, and you wake up in the morning, and you've got your chair sitting there, and you know he's there because he never leaves you, never forsake you to the ends of the earth. There he is. And you wake up in the morning, man, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'll rejoice today. I'll be glad in it. Holy Spirit is bigger than any problem or obstacle or challenge. Holy Spirit gives me wisdom and discernment regarding every decision that I need to make today. And all that's based on is what he's already said. See, See the help that you and I need is him. But he's not the doer in your life. He's the helper. And he'll help you in what you're doing. Heavenly Father, today we honor you. We thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence right here because we're here. Lord, we thank you for the picture we have of the chair of the Holy Spirit sitting with us and being with us and and, and, and being on us and in us and around us and will never leave us. And Lord, I thank you that today our awareness of the presence of your Spirit that is in us and around us and here to help us, that that level of expectation and knowing will be at a height and a level that it's never been before in our lives. We know we're not left here as orphans. But we know that you, Father, and Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that are one are here for us, and all of heaven is backing us up and backing up our lives. I thank you, Lord, today that your people hear your voice and they do what you tell them to do in the name of Jesus. We give you all the glory and the praise. I thank you, Lord, today, Lord, as I'm here, I thank you for every need that has already been met through what you accomplished through your son Jesus. You so loved us that you gave the best of heaven. We'd be set free and delivered. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you today. There's not any issue or situation that anybody faces in this room today that was not covered under the blood of Jesus. Not anything. Thank you for helping them, being the help that we need. This day, everybody said amen and amen.